The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pot and Cast, your number one source for new series discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John, and Frank. Macuza. Macuza. It's November 2011. <gasps> 2001, November 2001, that's what it is. It's when the first Harry Potter movie came out. And now, 15 years later, <laughs> the ninth Harry Potter movie has come out. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And we have all seen it multiple times. And we are <laughs> theorizing like it's 2006. And it makes us all very, very happy. And very old. <laughs> Not very old. Come on. A little bit. A little bit old. A little bit old. It's fine. It's it's experience is what it is. Welcome to Pottercast number 263. My name is Melissa. And I'm John Noe. And I'm Frack. Or Frankie. And I'm Zach. Or Zachy. Just kidding. Or Zachy. I don't know why Melissa and I like to use our last names. I didn't use my last name. Um, John, you are the only one who used your last name. Well, listen, it just comes out like all in one go. It could be Frankie Franco the third. That's always fun to say. Yes, it is. All right. All right. All right. Cut it we out. We have way more important things to do than talk about our last names. Mm-hmm. The first of the next five Harry Potter films have come out. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And if you were paying close attention or relatively close attention or not that close attention, but you saw a couple things that looked kind of familiar, you know that J.K. Rowling has loaded this thing with clues that if you compare a lot of the movie to some of the things that happened in book six and book seven, we've got a lot of things to discuss about what is coming for us in the next four films. So we should get so into the question it. is, will there be spoilers in this episode? Yes. If you haven't seen the movie, why are you listening Go to watch the movie now? Go see yeah, the movie. A few times. Yeah, please this will see be much more fun to listen to once you've watched the movie. Go see the movie come back or if you don't care just be spoiled it's cool the last time that we talked about this movie we were on stage at LeakyCon 2k16 and a lot of the questions that the audience asked us had things to do directly with either fantastic beast but also the other harry potter films and we were if you guys remember we were kind of nervous people weren't sure what to expect going into it melissa was the only one of us that had seen the first 10 minutes but now that we've seen it multiple times <laughs> like what do you guys think what is your just the, the, is the nervousness was it worth it i mean i yes was so happy yes i loved it also yes i loved it <laughs> i loved it i absolutely loved it i loved it i'm cautious i am cautious i loved it i am excited for it i loved it because i can sense as a harry potter fan what is coming yeah yeah you know like we just watched sorcerer's stone somebody described it to me as a pilot and i was like that yeah. that's perfect i mean it's it was really kind of like self-contained in its own way it didn't really rely yeah. on knowing too much else and it didn't really make it seem like nothing got resolved but they didn't completely resolve certain things obviously on purpose so we could continue the story i'm just i'm just glad that we liked the movie though i liked it i'm i'm cautious a little bit but i liked it well john what about your fear of the movie being newt newt conversation animals beast and then three quarters (laughs) of new york city being destroyed systematically throughout the whole film yeah they definitely did not they were not shy about destroying the city but more interestingly they were not shy about putting it back um, in one piece again and the mo- like i always love those effects like you know when we saw slughorn or at slughorn's place but uh when they were putting together his old house after he had ransacked it to make it look like he was robbed or whatever he was assaulted yeah all of the magic of repairing the city and the the bricks and the cars that they would put the cars back together one piece at a time and like oh my gosh it was like transformers type of effects but you know like going back into um you know buildings and other objects and just so cool like the the new york itself just looked really cool what do we think about reparo like putting a city back together i'm cool with it you mean i think it's fine they had enough people doing it all at once 
Well, I like that they did show that like the camera was moving and it always landed on a wizard and it wasn't just like a wave a wand and then make it happen. It was they were like it was almost like they were conducting it. Like yeah. they had to keep yeah. the wand pointed okay. at it and it was starting to weave together. So it le- to me it looked like they were it was focused intent like focused energy and it wasn't just like a oh reparo and it's back to normal it was like they were like helping it stitch itself back together and i like to think that there might be some rules about reparo that separates it from like a spell that would be used for like construction in this case yeah i don't think it was just reparo the broken objects need to have had some kind of you know it, it would it would have had to have been broken recently to be able to be put back into one piece again because otherwise you know like if you were to disassemble something purposefully um and then make something else with it and then you put the reparo spell on it would it return to its original composition even though you made it into something else or would it not work at all? Before we get too far down the Reparo route, I want <laughs> us to just to talk about the bigger things about the movie. What's bigger than that? I mean, shoot, this whole nothing, episode nothing is supposed done. to be about magic lore. Reparo cast. Shoot. Come on, we have big, big, big things. Percival Graves is Grindelwald. All right. Okay, real quick. Percival Graves, Grindelwald. So is he... Is, is, do you guys maybe think Grindelwald is a metamorph magi? Who knows what he is, right? But Revelio, I don't think, works on a metamorph magi. What do we think about Revelio working on Polyjuice? Which, by the way, the movie book, the big like suitcase movie book, has Grind- has uh, Graves' Polyjuice flask in it. So, unless they made it in error, and it's possible they yeah, just did. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, it looks like he was under okay. Polyjuice. Yeah, because, so that means that, he, yeah, I was going to say, this character had to have been replaced because I remember, like, I t- saw it with some people and they were talking about how, like, yeah, I thought it was him because they had the same haircut. I'm like, to me, I was like, I got the, I part with through the movie, I realized this guy is a bad guy. And I just thought maybe they have the same haircut because, like, he's a follower of Grindelwald. Can I brag for, <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I never get theories right. I'm so proud of myself. I tweeted, like, a month ago that I thought Percival Graves might be Grindelwald. <laughs> Why uh, did you think that? A lot of reasons. Colin Farrell is too big of an actor to have a very small part he's an american but he's not being played by an american which i find weird his poster has a big dh symbol on it so there was that (laughs) what i mean what do you mean his poster his movie poster his poster his character poster big old dh necklace oh i've avoided all that stuff i'm like are they punking me or is or are they dropping way too big of a hint here i saw that after the fact and I, i was i was curious because we haven't seen some frank and i haven't seen the trailers and so afterwards i went back and and kind of went through all the promotional stuff that i was avoiding and i saw that and i was i was curious because it feels like that it wasn't that wasn't supposed to be hidden necessarily well but if you take away the reveal at the end of the movie it still would make sense for him to have the dh thing he would have just looked like a like a like a dh follower so i sort of i sort of get it also when john voight described him at something he said like the Percival Graves character was like a sinister like a sinister quality to him and I'm like whoa why is he sinister oh maybe he's maybe he's Grindelwald you know it just feels it just you know whatever it was a theory I was like well this is probably not going to be right (laughs) but then when the movie opened and he started doing wandless magic I was like it's you it's you nobody but Dumbledore does wandless magic you're like Dumbledore you're him and I was very proud of myself so there John I Mr. Blooded you. I'll allow it. I was watching the movie and I was just curious because I was thinking to myself, man, they've really got it going on in Makuza because this this personal graves guy, their head of security, he's tough, man. He's formidable. He knows how to do magic really well. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he had to if it's, it's almost like juice, he had some kind he of had unfair to take advantage. the place of the real one. Yeah, but the real one is also like he's mentioned on Pottermore someplace as having a as as being really prominent and powerful. Okay. So it's not totally out of character for this guy to be this char- this powerful. I wondered about that. Also, Percival Graves. Percival was Aberforth's father's name. Was Aber- Aberforth, you hear me? Was Albus Dumbledore's father's name? And it's like, and Graves means death. It's really interesting. Oh my gosh. Well, not doesn't mean death, but you know. That's also one of Dumbledore's middle names. Why didn't I catch that? It all makes so much yeah. sense now. Albus Percival Wilford Brian Percival Percival Dumbledore went to jail for let's just get let's just do it Percival Percival Dumbledore went to jail for attacking the Muggles that attacked Ariana 
which almost certainly turned her into yeah. an obscure girl. Oh, an obscure no. girl. That's interesting. I didn't think of her as that, but that makes sense. She's totally an obscure yeah, girl. She I was already that that an obscure Yeah, but I thought that was interesting that like when I was watching the movie, I'm like, this is so like J.K. Rowling's introducing a new mechanic to this universe, but the, we just never got that word for Ariana. Did you know that the Fantastic Beasts book was published under the fictional books Obscurus books back in yeah, 2001. Really? I know. <laughs> yeah, we came home from the Carnegie Hall thing and the entire like Mischief and Leaky staff just like attacked the books. And we've just been pulling apart theories ever since. It's incredible. That's cool. One of the best social gatherings you can go to is one after a new piece of Harry Potter material. But it was different this time because any of the movies that we've seen before were a reproduction of a story that we had already read together. But this was the first time that we were able to sit down and watch something that was brand new you know this was something that she wrote and it was presented to us like a movie and i feel like going back to a mystery like ariana because for us i know it was the same for you guys when you finished at the hallows there's still a lot of questions that are left over and one for me was what exactly happened there not only why was grindelwald there but what exactly happened and i just feel like so much mm-hmm. was explained so much was was given to us but also the mystery is it's just as big now should we review for a second what happened yes with what we know about what happened nobody knows exactly who killed her the implication is that it was grindelwald dumbledore says in the king's cross chapter in book seven that what he suspected was inside grindelwald came out in that moment and then suddenly ariana was dead so ariana's dead Grindelwald goes back to his aunt. Then we have reported elsewhere in the book that Bathilda, that he said to his aunt that he wanted to leave immediately. Grindelwald and Dumbledore reportedly don't see each other again until their famous duel in which Dumbledore defeats him. Now, do you think that in this, he was introduced to the potential power of an Obscurus through Ariana or he was drawn to Ariana? That's the question. Because of it. I think he happened upon Ariana. Yeah and realized and realized the power and you got to ask yourself somebody like that seeing that that magic that can be that couldn't be squashed out of people sees that power was he trying to manipulate it was he trying to do experiments on people to pull it out of them why did he want the obscurials so badly i feel like he had been doing experiments to eventually lead himself to the point that he was in fantastic beast if you remember the the moment when he was interrogating newt he said uh, he kind of made an offhand remark. He said something about the Obscurial being useless without the host. So I feel like he had educated himself at some point to get there. No, he was asking yeah. if it was useless. Yes. He didn't know it, yeah. yeah. Yes. He didn't know, and his interest was super creepy. Oh, that's right. That was him. So what was he trying to do there? Where? With Ariana or with the Obscurus in New York? The, with the Obscurus. Why is he so obsessed with it? Does he just want to control that power? Remember what he says to Credence at some point? Like, Imagine what we can achieve together. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. Do you know who's seeing reports of Grindelwald's disappearance? Do you know who's seeing who's seeing whispers of something going wrong in New York and knowing exactly what's going on? Albus Dumbledore. There's no way he doesn't know exactly what's going on in New York. Interesting. What I thought was interesting is, is that Newt seems to have a relationship with Dumbledore. And Newt, for whatever reason, was just recently in Egypt helping some other obscurial and managed to actually help separate um the girl from yeah. the obscurus which i think like is is no coincidence that grindelwald yeah. is out looking for um obscurial ob- obscuri didn't that <laughs> um, little girl okay we okay we have to wait wait john is trying to foist work reversion two on the world <laughs> it's totally obscuri it's it's so much easier to say than ob- obscurus but obscuri is a plural of the parasitic obscurus yes obscurial, obscurial is, is when the host. someone has been, you know, abducted no, the by person. the obs- obscure. Yeah, but only once they are, you know, infected or whatever you would call it with the obscurus parasite. It's it's the combination of the two of them. Yeah, that so person it could be obscurus, it could be obscura, it could be obscura. Nobody really knows. She has to make a call on that or, and let us know. Yeah. But John, I think it's a really fascinating theory that like, may, is Dumbledore sending Newt around trying to get it all obscurial, obscurial so that Grindelwald does not? Well, I think an- another thing that I found interesting related to this is in the scene in the uh, in the Makuza, which I call it, the um, courtroom or whatever you call it, where all of the ambassadors of all the other countries were there. And when Newt came out, um, I think it was 
the guy from England or whatever was like, oh, it's Commander, the, the war hero. They're like, no, no, this is his brother. Yeah. So, like, the brother, Theseus, uh, Theseus if we're talking about a war hero, you know, is there a chance that he, you know, either fought with Dumbledore, worked with Dumbledore? Is is as Albus more friendly with Theseus than Newt, or like is that how he knows Newt, mm, or do we think, think that so. they had a more direct relationship between the two of them? Because that's a whole separate discussion as to how Newt was able to get expelled from Hogwarts and continue to have his have wand, wand and yeah. work for the Ministry and all of yeah. these things. So and J.K. Rowling said that that will all become clear. Well, Dumbledore, it said that the letter said that Dumbledore stood up for him, right? Yeah, but like in the terms of like to the point where he doesn't have to have his wand snapped when he leaves Hogwarts is what I'm saying. Yeah, because I guess he got he got he got expelled for the kind of the same reasons that Hagrid did and Hagrid got his wand mm -hmm. confiscated. Somebody asked Jackie Rollins on Twitter and she said it would all become clear. Yeah. So is Dumbledore sending him around to because think about it, he gets off the boat and he doesn't just start operating to Arizona to release the Thunderbird. He starts looking around in New York. He's drawn to a meeting about about squish, squashing magic, about getting rid of magical people. Mm -hmm. Don't you think he was maybe looking for the Obscurial? I mean, what else was he doing in that area? Like, did he have any yeah. need to go to the bank? Like, he had to chase the, um, the Niffler, but mm -hmm. oh what my God, brought that him Niffler, to that, that area otherwise? Gosh, that Niffler. I don't know, but I, I'm a little, I'd be a little hesitant to think that because it, the little girl didn't survive. She died. Yeah. So he didn't. Right. Maybe he, he was, didn't cure that little girl. He, I think, he managed to get the Obscurus gone, but she died. He was broken up about that. Sure. He didn't cure it, but it looks like maybe he was trying to cure her before she got like taken by Grindelwald or something. I, it looks like I for sure think he was trying to save the girl, and then when he couldn't, just his nature seems to be one of very of curiosity, and he probably wants to learn to understand an obscurus more so that it could i don't know part of me thinks that he's just, to me i see him as a character that's a little more like he was going to arizona to take the thunderbird like he was i don't see him being an agent just yet i think i think he's he'll probably catch dumbledore's eye after this in this in this more specific way and it just mean we're going to see the dumbledore's army and like Frank and Alice and everybody. Oh, that's Voldemort. That's never mind. That's Voldemort, not Grindelwald. Yeah, no, this is a whole different thing. My bad. Well, speaking of Voldemort, Grindelwald's defeated in 1945. Voldemort graduates Hogwarts in 1945. At the end, the uh, a scene that didn't make it into the movie was Credence, who is still alive, on a boat. Do you think maybe he'll interact with Voldemort, who's in an orphanage at this point? Because Voldemort will have just been born, and now he's in an orphanage for the rest of his life, but well, until he goes to Hogwarts. Yeah, there's definite potential for connections there for sure. Oh, so Credence has physical form at the end of the at the because I saw his, yeah, his little wisp went away, so I got the fact that they were hinting yeah. at it in the film, but I haven't read the screenplay yet. So he has a physical form that they revealed. Uh, yeah, and there was been originally supposed to be a cut scene at the end of him on a boat. Oh, a bumper that'd been yeah. cool. So he's gonna be he is going to be in probably Europe. They are going to Paris. And do you think he'll end up seeking out magical people at orphanages? Like maybe Tom Riddle? I feel like he had such a bad experience with Graves. I don't know. Maybe he'll feel like it's part of his mission to go and help them. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see this character if he's going to be some sort of like chaotic neutral or he or a flat out bad guy. Now, John texted me a while ago and said that he has the entire movies figured out. Well, perhaps not the entire but uh, <laughs> I definitely thought a lot more about um, the whole relationship between Albus, Grindelwald, Ariana, Aberforth, and how that whole, you know, that foursome essentially is like the driving force behind everything that comes next. And um, my thought as of right now is that Albus was the one to quote-unquote kill ariana and it's only ambigu ambiguous about who did it um because we we want to leave open that possibility without it you know being super clear that he was the one but um 
I think that uh, while we, we don't know exactly what may have started the argument, um, we have a whole lot of information from Chapter 28 of Deathly Hollows with Aberforth talking to Ron and Harry and Hermione about Albus and about Ariana and how um, Aberforth, I guess, was the one to uh, confront uh, Grindelwald because Grindelwald, if he was anything like what we just saw from Graves in this movie and how Grindelwald's been described at other times, he has this really kind of charismatic, sensual way almost of like seducing people to, to do what uh, he'd like them to do. And, you know, it worked on Albus and uh, it didn't work on uh, on his brother, certainly. Um, but uh, Aberforth, you know, in this confrontation, I imagine that it is rehashing an argument that they've had many times before. And, you know, it seems to be the one that, you know, Graves was basically making his pitch to the, the uh, you know, president and uh, um, all the other orders about how, you know, who does this international statute of secrecy, you know, protect? Who is this helping, us or them? And, you know, this whole idea of, you know, the wizards should assume control of everyone for the sake of having, you know, a better existence and not just hide, but to somehow try to coexist. And, you know, that was the big fundamental difference between, um, you know, Grindelwald and, and Albus. And for a while, Albus was on board, um, which we saw in his letter um, to Grindelwald that, um, you know, was published after after he died. Um but yeah, anyway, so they have their big confrontation. Ariana comes out. She gets really, you know, upset. And, and here's what I really thought was cool. And Fantastic Beasts and that whole scene there down by the subway, I feel like what we were watching was almost, if not like like an, an exact echo or, or whatever, but it like had a lot of similarities, I think, to that confrontation with uh, Albus and um, Grindelwald. And um, instead of Credence, it was Ariana. And Ariana was the one who was in her obscurial form and unable to control it. And it goes from being this big confrontation between Albus and Grindelwald and Aberforth to suddenly all three of them having to contend with Ariana. And, um, you know, for them all to say, we don't know which one did it or whatever, um, is, is, all, is all well and good. But um, Albus in the cave in Half-Blood Prince drinking the emerald potion is reliving like the worst moment of his life and the things that he's screaming out loud are not necessarily things that he has screamed out loud before but feelings and thoughts that he had during this moment this terrible moment when ariana is is basically losing control here and is is very dangerous and uh you know albus is pleading you know uh like kill me like don't don't hurt yeah. them and you know like i'm sure it wait, would be the wait, worst thing he would ever want to have to do John, would be kill me, to don't, use his don't, magic don't to, hurt them what can that that's not about ariana no it's about ariana hurting grindelwald and aberforth unintentionally uh... That's what I'm feeling because there there has not been a character introduced that has been more powerful than Dumbledore in his prime, including Grindelwald and, and, and Voldemort. And I would imagine an obscurial, while powerful, is not going to magically overpower Dumbledore if Dumbledore wanted to overpower the obscurial, but, but it's his little but sister. But they have described... But they have described this moment. The only moment that there's a them, a.k.a. Aberforth and Grindelwald, is the moment that they have their duel. And yeah. they have described it. They've described it pretty clearly that, Who's described that you it? know, 
Dumbledore has, Aberforth has, and fulfilled the backshot and whatever d- gossip they have. And they said that I've been reading all of this recently too. And fulfilled uh, the backshot actually has a lot of holes in her story. Well, of course she does because she's not because she wants to paint Grindelwald in the best possible light. She said that Grindelwald wasn't even there for this confrontation. I think she wanted to help, but she didn't really know what she was doing. And I don't know which of us did it. It could have been any of us, and she was dead. This wasn't a confrontation where they were reasoning with Ariana. One of them killed her and it was an accident and it was all very fast i think the t- kill them not me is dumbledore pleading with grindelwald i don't think there's any information there to dispute that i think there's plenty of information to dispute it aberforth and aberforth and albus talk about that confrontation as it being fast it being brutal and them not knowing what happened what albus if dumbledore has a it? memory of plead if dumbledore in the king's cross chapter if dumbledore has a memory of pleading with ariana then it's not an unclear memory he'll know exactly what happened i'm not here trying to convince you I'm just putting it out public so when this is proven to be what happened then it will be in the recording I think the take them kill me not them is Dumbledore pleading with Grindelwald at their confrontation I think that's how whatever the ending point of that is no way like Grindelwald was not like see it makes it so much more interesting as characters for them not to be just like I'm super evil Grindelwald and I'm gonna kill your whole family and then run away like it's so much more interesting for him to be still kind of friendly still kind of loving this family but so fundamentally seeing the world differently that he's going to at their duel not it, not when they're kids. I'm talking about when they when they meet again. When they meet again, yeah. You think that the the cave scene is reliving the duel? I think the only the only thing I could, they could possibly that we know of that it could be. It, it, let's let's take away the possibility that it's something else because it could be something completely else, right? Dumbledore has had a long life. Let's pretend it must be something with Grindelwald. This that that is only something that happened in those two months mm-hmm. or their duel. Those are the only times they saw each other again. I think if Alba if if Albus and Aberforth both all describe that scene as brutal and not knowing what happened, then Dumbledore having a, such a clear memory of begging with with Ariana, that's that he was lying to Harry in Harry's own brain. It makes no sense. Uh, it, it, I like the notion that Dumbledore. Why would he even bother arguing with Grindelwald? If he he would be torn to try to put his sister down. If Grindelwald is at the height of power and he's coming into a highly charged situation and trying to divert Grindelwald from from doing a mass murder, I can absolutely see that and that leading to their confrontation. I don't have any allegiance to this whatsoever. I'm I'm only saying if that moment has to be something to do with Grindelwald, I'm way more of the thing of the of the thing that of the opinion that it's the part of the duel. They kept her secret more than any other secret it was such a rare thing for anyone to be an obscurial they can tell this story he can tell this story that he told these three kids just as easily and continue to hide the whole obscurial story because we're not really even disputing whether or not she was an obscurial but we are seem to be suggesting that that should have entered into aberforth's story to these people Aberforth has a really clear memory of this story. After a few weeks of it, I'd had enough. I had. It was nearly time for me to go back to Hogwarts, so I told them, both of them, face to face, like I am to you now. And Aberforth looked down at Harry, and it took little imagination to see him as a teenager, wiry and angry, confronting his elder brother. I told him, you better give it up now. You can't move her. She's in no fit state. You can't take her with you, whatever it is you're planning to go, when you're making your clever speeches, trying to whip yourselves up a following. He didn't like that. Grindelwald didn't like that at all. He got angry. He told me what a stupid little boy I was, trying to stand in the way of him and my brilliant mother didn't i understand my poor sister would have to be hidden once they changed the world and the, let the wizards out of hiding and there was an argument i pulled out my wand and he pulled out his and i had the cruciatus curse used on me by my brother's best friend and albus was trying to stop him and then there were all three of us were dueling and the flashing lights and the flashing lights and the banks set her off and she couldn't stand it i you know albus got a pretty clear memory of this and none of it involves dumbledore pleading with ariana i'm not saying he has bad memory of it you're saying that what dumbledore does in the cave for the horcrux is this scene and i'm saying that that is there is no evidence for that 
I am not saying that he was pleading with Ariana. I'm not saying he said anything that he screamed out loud. I think the whole potion is revealing the feelings and the thoughts that were racing through his mind during this scene. I don't oh. imagine Dumbledore at any point in his life like repeating the things that he said in that cave like actually with his voice in in front of people. Like That's more possible. I still don't I still don't I still don't think so but that's more possible yeah that's if, if it's like his his internal i thought you were arguing that like it's his internal it was monologue. His memories. he's got way too much mental control to say any of that shit out loud like their mother just died because ariana couldn't control herself and like you know just like uh any other time when albus is faced with somebody that he cares about being either possessed or under some magical influence just like when harry was possessed by voldemort and the end of order of the phoenix like that's the shit that really rattles dumbledore because he doesn't want to take out people that he cares about with his magic even though he could and you know with the case in ariana she had just killed the mother she could just as easily kill you know um probably not grindelwald but very easily uh you know his brother um and you know he, to, how would you choose to, to kill your sister to save your brother or to do nothing and have your brother potentially die and all at the hands no, of John, your sister again, again if it's a, if it's his internal memory i totally i buy that more i don't 100 percent buy it still even with but i think that is that is at least plausible to me it, it being an actual memory is not well god no yeah i thought that i was i said that you know, from from the beginning that the that this potion, because I, I do want to go back and reread what Creatures talks about this potion, because that might give us a little bit of clues as to what the potion did. But it, it, it definitely seems like it's going to make you relive the worst moment of your life. And and that would 100 percent be a more brutal moment to, to Albus than anything that could come later, because um, you're talking about you know his 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 family yeah i really like the notion of abaforth not realizing thinking that it could have been any of them but i like the notion that dumbledore knew what he had to do type of thing like and so he had to take his sister out that's kind of weird and creepy and sad yeah the great thing in the, in the deathly hollows that we saw so many different perspectives of this moment from the uh doge version and the obituary to the bethel the bag shots with rita skeeter's interview and to aberforth's i think you got these three angles of the same situation i don't think any of them is going to have it 100 correct because you're going to be dealing with their own bias of the situation with bethilda bagshots being what she heard from grindelwald and aberforth what he observed and how he felt and doja's version from he probably got from from albus um somewhere in the middle of all of that like any other situation is the truth and uh I, I do think that Albus was the one in the end to probably um, put out the the magic that would have either prevented her from you know being destroyed or actually doing something that ended up pushing her beyond the point where she could survive and uh, for that would definitely feed into a hell of a lot of guilt and uh definitely would lead him and grindelwald basically obsessed with the whole concept of the obscurial and you know what they could have done differently in that situation and i'm sure amongst their other topics of debate albus and grindelwald had they definitely didn't agree with how to handle ariana and that that much we know and grindelwald saying how don't you understand you know if things were different we could have her out in the open and blah 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 yeah so this is actually a thought that harry has in the book so harry actually has the actual thought in this book so that's what dumbledore was seeing at this time i'm doing a little research on it and yeah it seems that this is already like harry has this Right. This feeling. So the only missing or only new bit of information is how we can actually have, you know, an image for what it would look like for an obscurial to be losing control and how, you yeah. know, brutal it actually and, is. and terrifying that could be. And uh, that marked them. I want to uh, let's make this conversation even even crazier. Mm -hmm. 
who is the current master of the Elder Wand. Right. <laughs> yeah, did he have the Elder Wand in the film? I didn't even think to look for it. We don't know because he did steal it younger than this point. Who knows what happened to him in the intervening years? So let's just assume, right? Let's just assume he still has the Elder Wand for this movie. Well, okay? if he did, and he if he's polyjuicing to look like this other guy, I would imagine he's probably using that guy's wand just because he's smart enough to do that. I don't know. I think he wouldn't want to not use the Elder Wand. I think he's got the Elder Wand. But it doesn't matter because you don't have to be using the Elder Wand to lose its allegiance. Malfoy wasn't. Yeah. So are you trying to say that Newt Scamander is the master of the Elder Wand? I think Newt Scamander is the master of the Elder Wand right now. Maybe not for long. Oh, that's interesting. He defeated Grindelwald in this. Wasn't Tina the one that did the uh, Expelliarmus? He drops the wand and then Tina accuses Oh, she did the accuse the wand, yeah. Yeah. Newt, it says in the script too that Newt causes her, Newt causes him to like so even if he's not even if that wasn't the elder wand just like malfoy wasn't using the elder wand when he lost allegiance grindelwald was defeated by somebody so the power of the elder wand should transfer to newt at this point yeah, and it talks about how vicious mm-hmm. the elder wand's allegiance is so that makes sense it's raw power so grindelwald will probably get it back real fast yeah no he's got to but is that like this has been a fight all day with Leaky Staffers. <laughs> like, did it did it shift? Is it enough? But was he really dueling full strength? Was it really enough? I think the dude was the dude was captured, and even if he meant to be captured, the Elder Wand's like, <laughs> you got captured. I don't think it's the Elder Wand because people use their wands as means of ID all no, the no, time. No, 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 John. Listen, he doesn't have to have the Elder Wand anywhere near him or on his person. The Elder Wand knows. The Elder Wand's allegiance to him does not require it to be in his hand to lose it. Malfoy was not using the Elder Wand when he lost its allegiance. Malfoy never touched it. Malfoy had his his I common mean, quote everyday wand. You lose allegiance to the Elder Wand if if you never if you gain allegiance to the Elder Wand right now and you have no idea and then you lose a duel, you've lost allegiance to the Elder Wand and you don't have to have ever touched it. What do we call like a duel then? Like, could it be like a thumb wrestle? No, J.K. Rowling has talked about this before. It, 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 when there's when the stakes aren't real, it knows that too. It's not real when you're thumb wrestling or doing something in a class or whatever. It has to be a real like fight. Yeah, I mean Grindelwald, his intentions were not met, and so I would argue that hmm. yeah, he was defeated, and so that's really interesting. He's had to have been like. He's had to have had the Elder Wand by now. So, yeah, like that definitely is going to play in. That's interesting. Right? How, like it's got to so play in, right? Is Harry still the master of the Elder Wand, even if he broke that particular wand in half? Harry did not break the Elder Wand in half. That's what happened in the movie. Yeah, that's just the All movie. Right. He so says he he's going to bury it where... He buried in the it book, Dumbledore. he said, I'm going to put it back where it's found. And if I die a natural death, the power will be broken. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did they break it in the movie? Because well, they're because no one knows. Why did they make Tom Riddle's grave nine feet tall in a Grim Reaper? <laughs> yeah. Zach, you're so right. better. That's a visual thing. That's whatever. Like, but when it comes to a stupid thing like burying an elder wand, like, come on. And he doesn't get I his know. own wand. Wouldn't back. It have even dumb. Wouldn't it even have been like more satisfying for him to go to Dumbledore's grave and return the wand? Like, wouldn't that have been cool? For me, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. We've been like trampling over here. Right? Oh, hey, it's just, cool. I'm no, I'm, mode, I'm still I'm enjoying listening. I'm sitting. I, I think it's great that you guys are so fired up about this. This is how I've been, um, you know, ever since I watched it in Carnegie Hall when we were in New York. It's just, it's just, so it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, like I hadn't seen the trailers. I wasn't sure what to expect, and I'm not sure if some of you listening felt the same way. I know a lot of my friends have. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them seemed like it was going to be. I don't want to say fluff, but we expected, I expected, I was afraid, I was nervous. We've talked about it. You've listened to our other shows and I wanted it to be great and I wanted it to have substance and it delivered. Like I did not expect, because for me, I'm rereading the books every year, the mysteries from Deathly Hallows, from King's Cross, all the stuff you guys have been talking about with Elphi Stoge and, and the story and what exactly happened with Grindelwald and Ariana, that stuff has always been important to me. And so to watch this movie and to get to the end and, and realize what all of it was meaning was just a huge, just electric shock because those are answers that I really wanted. And I know that this story was set before the films, but she found the way to make it not like make it not something that we really knew the answer to. Like we know that everything's going to be okay, but we don't know how it's going to be okay. And we don't know what's at stake here. So when we see graves, AKA Grindelwald in New York city with an obscurus nearby, or we see Newt's commander, 
a person that for some reason has the respect enough of Albus Dumbledore for it to be written on his record in the same place at the same time around the same stuff happening, you start scratching your head and then you see Newt's commander go into a suitcase. And I feel like the fantastic beast elements of the, of the, of the, of the movie wasn't about uh, just filling in movie time and giving our character a person, a purpose to whimsically dance around the city. I feel like we were getting shown by Joe that magic is powerful in several forms and that the kind of wizard that Newt's commander is, is singular in the same way that Grindelwald is singular in the same way as Dumbledore is. He may not be as amazing of a dueler as them or have the same potential ideologies that he could push forward to change the world like they do. But at the end of the day, he did what he did. A Thunderbird is his good friend. He has all of this within him. A lot of traits like Harry, honestly, a lot of the, the love and passion that connects him to the audience, but also connects him to the people around him and allows him to somehow prevail in the face of danger. And then at the very end, just to make sure that we got the point driven in that Newt's commander is not a random character, someone that we should actually care about. It's Newt who captures the greatest wizard alive right now beside Dumbledore to our best knowledge. That's I don't think it was random. I think that we're supposed to understand that there's a lot happening here. You know what's really cool I just realized when you were talking is that when when Grindelwald or Graves is all like, oh, so you know Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he knows Dumbledore too. Yeah. And how cool was that bird named Frank? That was pretty cool. Oh, the Thunderbird was wonderful. And we saw grab horns uh, and we all of the beasts saw the were moon beautiful. Tabs. I yeah. I mean it did somebody said it it's it reads like a um like a product catalog mm. and that's not completely untrue. I mean they have twenty five Christmas stuffies to make. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I want a nipple. Yeah. That was definitely you know, I mean, there. Oh my, oh my god. I want that nipple. The merchandising. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, screw but that Niffler. That Niffler pissed me off. He was so cute. That Niffler, that Niffler was the reason that half this movie happened. Yeah. Like, no, thanks, Niffler. Yeah. What was Newt's original mission? If if the Niffler hadn't done its thing, what would have happened? Okay, let's talk about that. Look where he was. He was wandering around New York and then was attracted by a group of people talking about squashing magic yep. out of the city. Yep. I think he was looking for the Obscurial. Notice that he went home when he did, and not just because he released the Thunderbird, like he said was his purpose for the trip. If if that was his purpose for the trip, then just get off the boat and release the Thunderbird and go home. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't buy it. I think, and and the whole reason that Grindelwald gave that little parting message to Newt on his way out, because he knew that Newt's next stop would be Albus, and he could pass along the message of, uh, uh, will will we die? Yeah, shall we die a little? I had, I got nothing. I got nothing. He says, will we die, comma, just a little? Just a little. Yeah. Which, hello, Horcruxes. Yeah, so is. What? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Does wait. he have Horcruxes? Walk me and just for other people who I'm a little lost right now. Walk me through this. I'll walk with you. Basically, it is still ambiguous as to who else had been experimenting with Horcruxes prior to Voldemort. And when we've learned about this in the past from Dumbledore. No, no, no. I, I mean, just from from they, said they said there's one wizard. Uh, uh, there's one wizard who tried, right? That we know of. And this came up in our Pottercast interview with Joe years ago, we talked about this, and she used the words that he knew of when we talked about other people that have done it. So, she left that open wide. She did. And um, if Albus Albus and Grindelwald are, you know, hunting Deathly Hollows, and Albus, you know, was interested in the, the stone for the most part, I think that Grindelwald's headspace was already thinking about, you know, Horcruxes and and maybe not, you know, living forever for the sake of it, like like Voldemort. But uh, you know, it's it's just a matter of amassing power and amassing, uh, you know, in in vulnerability. Now, real quick, when it comes to the the part in the movie, when it comes to the part in the movie, what are you talking about? This is right when he gets revealed to be him. And he's on the floor and he's kneeling. He's revealed and he says, you think you can hold me? And they're like, we hope that we can, Mr. Grindelwald. They're walking him out. 
as they as he's walking out of the train station to his right, Newt's standing there. He turns right to Newt, stops, looks him looks at him right in the face, and just says very softly, "Will we die just a little?" with a que- with a question mark. Don't forget Grindelwald, amazing at reading minds, probably better than Queenie. So he could have pulled something from Newt yep. right in that moment, and even if he didn't know that Newt was talking to Albus, he definitely knew it then because Lord knows what was flashing through Newt's mind involved. Exactly. I can't wait to talk to Albus about all this. Yeah. So it's established that he's a legitimate. Oh yeah. That's how he was communicating so much with, with credence and reading his mind. And can we talk about that relationship by the way? Cause that creeped me out because that made me feel like this is the exact thing that he was doing to Albus. And he got Albus to basically, you know, fall in love with him. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. even in the script, it's way more like pseudo-sexual yeah. than it even was in yeah. the film. All the different caressing and... There's some upset that like... So there's been an assumption that Grindelwald is gay just because Dumbledore is. She has never, ever called Grindelwald gay. Oh, I never thought she said he that was Dumbledore... gay. I figured that was... No, I'm not saying I'm but on you, you guys. I'm saying I'm the fandom in general. to seduce somebody who is. No, listen to me. So she never, she's never said that he was gay. She did say that could, what were the affections returned or were the affections manipulated by Grindelwald like we don't know I I mean the guy is a sociopath right the yeah. guy is he's not maybe not as heartless as Voldemort because you, you get the feeling that like he has some sort of sense of purpose whereas Voldemort uh, like purpose that he wants to that he's got some completely warped sense of of how he's gonna like help the world whereas Voldemort didn't care about helping the world he just wanted his full power sure. you know so mm-hmm. Grindelwald like maybe like on the scale of like zero to crazy crazy murderer you know, he's like maybe like one tiny gradation down, but it's still way up there in the red zone. So <laughs> Grindelwald is like, you know, a total psychopath. So, yeah, it is troubling that this guy is 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 perving on young boys. But some there was some feeling that like, well, he's the only like queer character and he's perving on young boys. And it's like he's not necessarily, you know, queer. He might just be extraordinarily manipulative. That's how I feel. Truly. And I think that it, it was just, I mean, it was raw, you know, like that's, that's what he would do. And that's what I believe that he did to Albus. And it made me question so much because I, I wasn't as hard analytically on their relationship when I read the books for the first time when I was a kid or years later. But now that I see, especially with the context of what she's written for Fantastic Beasts, she, she, she made a point to show us what he does to get what he wants. And, um, you were saying that you know you don't he's not as crazy as as Tom, sure, but I think that because he's not as crazy, I think that this guy is a way more scary villain. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I love him more than Voldemort as a villain because he just seems to have way more depth, and he's so much more infinitely more interesting than Voldemort ever was. Like Voldemort's always struck really? me as rather basic, almost cartoony, and uh, you know, like. What I love about Grindelwald is that it's very clear as to what his end goal is. Voldemort, what the hell was his end goal? Like, I'm just going to make Wizarding World just be for purebloods, and we'll keep all these weird-looking dementors around, and it will be miserable. Like, what the hell kind of goal existence is well, that? But Grindelwald... It's like a white supremacist goal. I think and Voldemort's yeah, main goal was not dying. Not, But not dying and preserving wizard wizarding power among the pure yes which is again it's a it's like an analogy for white supremacy in my view yeah but i mean i would argue that his prime objective was not dying and then the others were secondary yeah also right. kill harry that was pretty high up on the which, list for a while again that grindelwald ties into, harry was high. That ties into not dying yeah see grindelwald is so much more interesting because it, like for almost as ambitious as albus was for what he wanted for the world grindelwald had his own vision and wanted it just as much and he was just willing to go and do you know be a, a total slytherin about it and uh you know not care about people getting hurt along the way he's not slytherin he's durmstrang we all know that <laughs> well i'm using he it as an adjective i'm just being, I'm being difficult no but he's expelled from durmstrang for experiments yeah, but I'm just saying he was like, never sorted. I'm right. just being a jerk. He just overdid it. He uh, like he took his magic too far. He scared people. Like he didn't. And he have, scared people. Like, there was something about him his youth. of all the people. Yeah, <laughs> and there was something about him performing experiments somewhere. I might be yeah. crazy. No, I'm sure that's right. right. 
There's so much to talk about. I know. We have to talk about scourers. We have to talk about the second Salemers. We have to talk about the way that wands are used in the Wizarding World. We have to talk about the house elves and the goblins in the American Wizarding World. We have to talk about everything. I loved Queenie. And the giggle water. (laughs) The giggle water is awesome. Do we think that Jacob will be uh, unobliviated in the future? I have a theory that when Queenie kissed him, because she's more attuned to mind magics, that she gave him uh, a slight protection from the Obliviate. And that's why he was able to remember the creatures and make the pastries and, and that she'll be able to like mm. jog those memories out of him. Oh, that's so you good. Know, do you guys, Thank you. do you want to know what's theory. going on? I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going on. And no offense <laughs> to you, Frankie, but I swear. So, okay. Point number one, Newt was learning about the potential of what this, um, what's it called? The sweet, the swooping evil venom, what it could do. Yeah. And he says, mm-hmm. this should have similar attributes oh, to Lord, the John. spell to make people forget things. However, they do specify that what it does is it, you you forget terrible memories you forget bad things not necessarily good things and for most of the people in new york watching their city get blown up that would certainly qualify and if all of your memories of an event were intertwined with dramatic potentially bad things like being attacked by beasts yeah you're going to forget most of that under the influence of this venom but there were definitely people in the crowd where watching all of this was not bad. And number one is old man, Mr. Shaw and his son, Landon, who was desperately trying to convince his dad that there were that there was magic. And he he brought um, uh, the, you know, the uh, credence and his family to talk to Shaw about being in the newspaper and all of this. Like when he saw all of this magic happening, it was like jubilation for him. He was vindicated. It was great. And the fact that the even the script made very clear that when everybody else backed away from that scene at the subway, those two held their ground and watched and made sure people were taking pictures. And I guarantee you that they will have memories of of what happened there. And the fact that we saw Jacob have the glimmer of the memory of Queenie is is just a huge glaring thing to to suggest that uh, there's going to be more people that may not have precise memories of the the when and the what but the feeling that whole subconscious idea that this is real this is among us this is a thing um is only going to have been reinforced by that moment and uh you know every other time they make such a big deal to say did did you wipe his memory did you make sure to use the spell did you wipe the memory like this is hammered into us from the very beginning with tina talking to newt at uh, the bank about making sure that he wiped jacob's mind and all of this like that at in the end of it we're going to see in the next movie the consequences of having just relied on that that potion that rain to wipe everybody's memories here yeah do we do you guys know? But do you guys catch, by the way, that in Newt's bio in Fantastic Beasts, he's married to Porpentina? What do you mean? His bio from two thousand one and for Fantastic Beasts says he lives with his wife Porpentina and their three measles. Oh, I didn't know. I that. like that's that. Cute. So that's it. They're they're meant to be. He found a giver. I kind of like having like the ship solved ahead of time now. Me too. Yeah. Well, oh and when God, it's just a nice like they're. I just liked them as a couple. They were cute. Oh, and then Lestrange. How crazy was that? Lita Lestrange. Holy cow. She was a taker. She was a t- Yeah, all the Lestranges, Lestranges, whatever. The only Lestrange we ever met was Bellatrix's husband, correct? Yeah, I guess so. Andromeda is Tonks' mother. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this person's necessarily evil. Like, you know, Sirius Black was Nobody from said, a pretty rough family, too. Nobody said evil. Said We said taker, which is what's established in all the All I said movie. was just Lestrange. I didn't give any adjective as to character. I mean, Queenie seemed to think that she was pretty rough just from being familiar with the... Uh, the name so wait if grindelwald is such a mind reader how did he not know it was created see that's what makes me think the whole mind reading thing wasn't i didn't get that from grindelwald unless this was exposition given before like if this is exposition from the books okay 
I didn't get that he was yeah, a, a legitimate. Where I mean, I'm sure he's got the power to do it, and I don't see why he wouldn't. Also, legitimacy seems to be wandless in America, so okay. But you know, if he's so good at legitimacy, how did he get taken off guard by Credence? Because he definitely got taken off oh, guard for sure. Yeah. Mm. You know, I may have read part something wrong because I'm I read that Grendel Wald was good at occlumency, but not necessarily good at the legitimens. I think the biggest hurdle with Grindelwald not seeing that it was Credence is that before Credence revealing that he was Obscurus, there was no tale, even with the rare cases, that an Obscurus survived past the age of a small child. And that's one of the reasons why Credence is obscure whatever is obscurus yeah. was so powerful because it had it had been harvesting for that long he was able to sustain it for that long so i just don't i don't think that he even looked toward him i think he just assumed that it was the girl yeah, yeah. john what you're what you're reading is that is that there there is a supposition out there that he's an occlumens because he lied to voldemort about having owned the elder wand but it's un- but it's unconfirmed there's nothing there's nothing in the books that says he's good at either legitimacy or occlumency, but then again, he's Grindelwald. Like, he's super powerful. Wouldn't he be good sure. at legitimacy? I assumed. Yeah, well, but I, mean, I can't remember reading it. He's not good at everything. Yeah. Albus sure. could do it. You know, all of those marauders like to learn the same magic tricks. You know, why wouldn't Grind- uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore learn the same they tricks? Seem, it seems to indicate that you either are or are not one. Like, they say to Queenie, oh, you're a legilimens. Like, maybe it's just something you have to be born able to do. Or it could be something along the lines of, like, anima- like being an animagus, where you can learn it, but some people just can't. It's super yeah. hard. And so, and I liked Queenie, because she didn't come off to be, like, book smart. She was just, like, really intuitive. And she, does she have, like, she saw from far away that they got sentenced to death, Right. Because she was just walking around. Was that her seeing yeah. the future yeah. or had, like, seeing a, it happen? A premonition. Was that a premonition or I seeing she was, the present? I don't know. Yeah, there was a, f- I don't know. I think a few was, I think things she was reading like, a mind. that confused me a little bit about the story. Well, not not confuse me. Like when uh, one thing it was funny and it got a laugh in the theater. And so, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. Is when the the guy's son, the older son who ended up dying, the, the one running, running for Senate. When all of a sudden out of nowhere comes up to credence and's all like get out of here you freak and i was like <laughs> that came out of nowhere yeah. and everybody laughed in the theater which i thought was funny um but whatever well no i got it now i got it now i couldn't figure out why he went after him he went after him because of that moment oh yeah that's why yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why but i'm yeah. sorry i've only seen it once in the moment i've only seen it once so yeah, i've only seen it once too but in the moment it was just it was funny that the 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 politician son just was so like mean to this rando teenager but whatever, I get it. It needed to happen. And then they were just going to execute them like then and there. Like no trial. Yeah, we have to talk about the execution scene. Yeah, that was a little Dude, like that was crazy. Ridiculous. I was like, uh, what? First of all, it was freaking horrifying and emotionally manipulative and terrible. But was it also, I mean, the chair was a pretty obvious like nod on American yeah. penal. But what kind of government is that? I feel like. There were, there were two sides to that. One being, yes, the way that they were more aggressive in general and their, and their leadership spoke from the top, the way they handled their coworkers to the way they handled that moment mm-hmm. and obviously the presence of the chair. But I also feel like one of the reasons why they were sentenced to death so expressly and clean, cleanly was because it was Galette Grindelwald who put him to death. He was like, kill him. Just go ahead and kill him. And what are the, who, who's to say no to him? Because that guy is in charge of a lot of things. Oh, it wasn't the Makuza lady? Yeah. No, it was him in the interrogation room. No, it was Grindelwald. Oh, that makes more sense. That kind of, that, that helps. After he sees the file and he sees this guy that apparently is well-respected enough to be associated with Albus Dumbledore, he's just like, all right, well, let's just take care of this now. Hmm. That's a good yeah, point. Okay. First of all, say, say what you will about American uh, judicial penal codes or whatever. You don't just have somebody go, and- yeah. kill them and they get taken down to a room so that yeah. was a little bit ludicrous and I, I like at the end how what's her name uh pickery is that how you say her name she's like pickery, we yeah. owe you a debt of gratitude uh uh <laughs> new it's like yeah and you also almost killed me <laughs> yeah you like your government more than that. <laughs> sentenced me to death uh, just a few hours ago without, how about an apology like yeah do, without do, any sort do of none process of you file paperwork couldn't one of those little rat like paper airplane situations that send documents to and throw 
Tell Pickery. Oh, yeah, we just sentenced two people to death, including one of the former Aurors that you fired like a week ago. To like, death. This is all things that should have definitely been sent up the proper channels. Like that, that scene really kind of jumped the shark. What it seemed like to me is that Grindelwald's presence in the leadership and being so close to the president had been sort of ebbing and, and tearing down a lot of those structures within their government systematically over the time that he was there. I felt like it was probably out of sorts that if we do go back to Makuza, that it won't be like that because there won't be a dark cloud of a dark wizard there infiltrating and making things different. I hope so, at least. Yeah, that's a good point, though, because I wasn't I wasn't criticizing it from that perspective. So that's good. Would he not try to drive civil unrest? Oh, yeah. Within the government? That makes would, sense. He, would he not try to make totally. the entire American wizarding community start to feel like they were getting completely fought by the nomadges and that their only choice was all out war? Because that's the direction he was headed. And if you remember, there was a huge meeting that they had called with all those leaders from the International Confederation of Wizards. And you got to ask yourself with the attacks and the nomadges getting involved and Sean, all of that, like what? What decision were they coming to? What were they contemplating? Yeah. It makes, it falls in line with um, Grindelwald's or Graves' um, meta narrative in the sense of just trying to cause a dissent between muggles and nomads. And so, like, of course, part of his agenda there is going to be pushing that line even more. So, when, like, it goes in line with his, like, greater good stuff where wizards are better and all this stuff. So, that's a really good point, and I think that's interesting. So, will we die just a little? Ah, that's now, the key. Okay, now when it comes, this is going to be something that's more not about the film directly, and this might be slightly controversial. So, I'm just going to ask you anyway. Um, Do it now. I had no idea that um, I knew Johnny Depp was going to be Grindelwald, and we see the back of his head, but I didn't think we were going to see him in the film. And so, now, in hindsight, with, you know, the whole, like, uproar social media, like, not liking Johnny Depp to be in these movies and why you're casting him, blah, blah, blah. And then J.K. Rowling speaking out, like, no, it's good. Like, I like what he's done. Clearly, she knew he was already in the film. So, you think part of that was just to kind of, like, calm stuff down because there's no turning back at this point because... Johnny Depp is already part of this. Like legally, they can't. I think there's no, I think there's no turning back at this point. And if you look really closely at the things that J.K. Rowling has said about him, they're kind of milk toast. They're kind of like, oh, I'm delighted with him. Oh, he's doing wonderful things with the character. His acting is so good. Like they're kind of like the things you say. And you know, everybody's probably under some pretty serious contracts at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's Warner Brothers, and Don, Johnny Depp has a history with Warner Brothers. Um, well, Disney too, uh, but. I it was really bummed that Colin, like, I really, really enjoyed Colin Farrell's performance. He was so and good. And I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan of Johnny Depp. I'm kind of over him. And so, seeing him talk, I'm glad he wasn't completely Johnny Depping it up, but I still saw, like, a hint of the Mad Hatter behind him, and it kind of made me sad. Yeah, it's a little bit ham-handed for me. Even these couple of seconds, I wasn't a huge yeah. fan. Yeah, and so, I'm like, ugh. I'm hoping next time my expectations have been soured enough that they're going to be lower and so that i'll be like oh it wasn't as bad mm-hmm. as i remember yeah yeah i think i think that our expectations will change for the next one this is just a thing that is real now like i think we just have to either make our and everybody's decision is valid and it's their own and you know say saying like i cannot support something that promotes somebody that's you know with this history i totally get that but i don't think that a lot of energy i don't think it's going to change i was talking with my the co-workers i saw it with we were down in la for a conference and we were kind of all hoping that maybe he'll just take on another form in every movie and we only get like two minutes of johnny depp <laughs> <laughs> right? you think you can hold me you think you can hold me <laughs> so creepy how long do you think it's going to take for him to oh, leave as long leave. as he I needs say leave to as in walk you know? out of the american jail this is going to be an ongoing thing and we're going to start doing this every two weeks and we are going to be talking about this movie nonstop for, you know, quite a while. And we would like to hear from you. Yeah. So if you have a, a theory or an opinion that you can, uh, you know, get down to a good 30 second clip, um, go ahead and record your um, theory and send it to us uh, in an email. And I think the easiest way to do that is uh, if you got an iPhone and you have the little voice memo app, you can just record it. 
right into that and uh, share it uh, to email and send it to us at staff at pottercast.com or if you have another way of getting it to us at Twitter, you can tweet at us at Pottercast and uh, we will pull those together and include them into the next show. All right. You guys, Back it's so exciting. Times. So many theories. Hey, I'm really glad that the movie was great, guys. It's Me great. Too. And there's so much to talk it's about. It's like, I don't even know why we were worried with Joe writing it and everything. Like, it, it, there's there's just so much there. And uh, so, so much. She would probably put details in this that would completely spell out the rest of this saga it might not be obvious but i bet we'll be able to find a lot of it well i mean i honestly like i didn't even make the connection between ariana and this girl until until we were chatting because in my head i was just i loved how in the seven books like every book introduced kind of like a new concept um or a new mechanic to the wizarding world and so it's like this feels like when you're reading a book and you learn we get new exposition i love this but then in tradition with that like when it came to like, oh, what's a Horcrux? And then we're like, we've been seeing them all this time. And now it's like, oh, what's an Obscurial? We've seen these before. Like, it's so cool. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks and you have to send us your theories and your thoughts and your predictions and whatever. Send an audio file, staffatpodcast.com. You all have phones that do this now. So just do it. Yeah. Send us the thing at staffatpodcast.com. Uh, and we will play some of your thoughts on the next show. And we actually have a thought a thought or two from our staff at Leaky and at Mischief and all the things we do. And we're going to start getting into fan theories on the next one. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a glowing review in the iTunes store. Send us your thoughts if you have any, any kind of thoughts about uh, the international statute of wizarding secrecy. Because I think all of this pivots on people's opinions about that. All right. Yeah. That's our Pottercast. That's it. I'm going to watch Fantastic Beasts a few more times. <laughs> yeah. Should we die just a little bit? We've missed it. W-free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>